Thursday afternoon. This is the Master on Hokanui. That song there is called In the City by the Eagles. Um, one of their more underrated songs, in my humble opinion, anyway. Nathan Nelson from Dairy and Zed's on the program. Good afternoon, Nathan. How's things? G'day, Andy. Good to be with you. We're talking about grass wintering um, for cows. It's a lot of people seem to be taking it on this season, just trying it out. Quite a few things to keep in mind, isn't there? Yeah, look, interesting. I think you and I were sort of saying, as far as numbers-wise, hard to quantify, but even just that visual, um, you know, visual feeling and, and antidote, definitely seeing that. Um, and I think, yeah, it's probably been building sort of steadily over the previous or past few seasons. Um, and like we said off air, you know, such a growthy spring um, and part of farmers' um, you know, strategy for controlling that grass or surplus management was obviously to put it into a bale as well and, and or fill up the silage stack. So, yeah, look, it's definitely, um, yeah, definitely on the rise and, and I think people are, yeah, as always with wintering options, looking at trialling new and different systems and seeing if it's for them or whether it sits with it, uh, sorry, fits within their system. So, I suppose not having the frost as well, Nath, it's just going to keep that growth going just a little bit longer. Um, but you've got to have good covers going into winter anyway when you're doing this. That's, that's the obvious. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's one of its advantages. And look, you know, it's, it's hard to talk sort of generalisations. Everyone's farm system is slightly different. But certainly if you, you know, wintering at home or, or wintering at home as a part of your sort of practice or farm practice or, you know, self-contained support blocks um yeah there's definitely that advantage of you know historically having to take land out of the milking platform uh you know sort of october november some stage to sow crops whereas with the baleage grass system um, you know essentially those paddocks can sort of be in the round and obviously like we're saying some parts through that january february definitely got challenged with growth rates and sort of feed on offer so you know that time of the year if you've got you know extra land out of the milking platform or um, you know, young pasture trying to establish, whereas with the ba- like baleage and grass system, those paddocks stand around. If you've got a surplus, you cut it. If you don't, well, it's part of the milking platform feed. Um, and obviously those paddocks only are really sort of taken out of the, the grazing round or shut up, if you like, um, towards the back end of back end of autumn when bales are sort of stacked out or, or placed out ready to go for wintering on if that's your system. So definitely a lot more sort of flexibility around that. And I guess that's one of the reasons, um, you know, from a farmer's point of view that, they like that system, um, you know, because it does have that flexibility. And, and I guess even once we get into the winter, um, you know, people do it different ways. Some stack out the bales um, ahead of themselves, some sort of stack it out, you know, a week ahead of themselves. But on a good day, obviously, you can, um, you know, have that flexibility, I guess, to um, to utilise the, the dry ground. And conversely, on, you know, days like yesterday or that bit of wet weather that we've had, um, it gives that flexibility for that sort of in-paddock plan B wet weather management, i.e. just, you know, maybe doing some double shifting or giving a slightly bigger break or, you know, being able to sort of, um, yeah, like back fence stock or, or stand them off a little bit um, and just manage that challenge around probably when those wet weather events come um, and our winter grazing systems, not if they come and, and being pretty planned and prepared for that. Supplement quality's got to be reasonable too, though, hasn't it? Yeah, look, and I think that's probably one area where there's a bit of learning going on or, or is going on, and, and I guess that's what we would suggest. I, mean, I suppose gold standard is, is testing that baleage depending on whether you're making it at home or, or buying it in as to whether you know you know what sort of grass went into that bale or not. But, yeah, there's probably a couple of key things there to watch out for. Um, one is obviously the dry matter of it, which implicates, um, you know, if their total diet is baleage, which invariably is in these systems. Um excuse me, then, yeah, the portable troughs are, are really important and, and that needs to be, you know, thoroughly checked because they can actually drink quite a lot of water 
um, so it's higher sort of dry matter or um, yeah, the higher the dry matter, the percentage of that baleage is. And secondly, the other area for testing, um, depending on whether it's mixed-age cows or um, sort of first and second calves or young stock is the crude protein requirement. So I guess there's variables around that too, depending on breed of stock and, and live weight. But at a bare minimum, base minimum, um, it needs to be at least 12% crude protein for a dry cow. Um, and for a young stock, it's actually 14% if you're still wanting them to grow out and make sure they... They sort of hit their targets, and, and I guess that's where we're seeing a lot of growth too. And that young stock wintering, whether they be sort of yeah replacement heifers um, on that system as well, because there's no no diet transition, um, no sort of chicken, you know, and, and change of rumen function for um, you know a grazed forage crop. The, the grass and baleage system um, is fairly much yeah sort of carries on what they were on, um, you know, going into the winter and then obviously coming out of it, heading into the calving calving season as well. That's a great point you brought up before regarding water, that water quality comes into it, can make a big difference. Yeah, definitely, and I guess that's where, you know, like, it's not telling farmers anything they don't already know, but I guess those kind of two key factors around, you know, just making sure, um, you know, checking on checking on stock, A, there should be a little bit of baleage left in those ring feeders for, you know, good utilisation towards the end of the day, or... Um, making sure there's something for them to sort of nibble on gut food wise but yeah definitely checking on the on the water troughs and making sure water's available um, especially like I said if it's just that higher sort of dry matter um, it's surprising how much extra um, yeah they drink obviously versus a say a forage crop which has got a lower dry matter and obviously you know a bit more moisture um, and the feed they're consuming so um, and then I suppose the other side of it too just touching on which is going to be a little bit varial but is obviously the cost side of it too um, with that system uh, and so I mean, I guess the early that comes down to are you making your bales at home um, or are you sort of, you know, purchasing them in um, and what are you having to purchase them in for? But I guess if we look at a bit of a low point and a high point, um, assuming, you know, it's sort of 240 kilos of, of dry matter in a bale, um, somewhere around that, yeah, sort of $80, $80 or, you know, $85 at home to make um, up to, say, you know, $120 landed depending on sort of supply and demand dynamics but yeah. you know we're looking at somewhere between sort of mid 30 dollars a week to you know probably up to 40 48 49 dollars a week um, at that top end um, you know sort of price wise to run that system so you know again there's always always variables on farmers mind but that cost of grazing whether it be self-contained or, or using a grazing rate or where that fits in is, is very much a component too but um, yeah, that largely comes down to whether you're able to, to make it at home yourself or whether you have to buy it in and, and obviously what rate you're, you're actually lending it for. So, you know, best to do some sensitivity around that, but I guess that gives a feel for, yeah, potentially the price of that system as well. Just finally, having a grazing plan on paper is going to help too. Yeah, look, very much, and that's what we're encouraging and or offering. Um, the tool, tools and templates are definitely available there and if you're in a position to be able to do that yourself and, and able to do that yourself then yeah by all means definitely get that documented down um, really I suppose what we say is that it's putting on paper what's in our farmers heads anyway um, but if you want or need a little bit of help with that then definitely the DRNZ team um, is keen and eager especially over the next couple of weeks. Good on you Nathan great words we'll leave it there appreciate your time as always. Thanks Andy appreciate the opportunity. Nathan Nelson out of Dairy NZ, wise words regarding grass wintering systems on farm. Coming up next, let's go to Willowbank, catch up with Howie Morrison. In the city.